Hey, online business edge podcast listeners, Jared here. This week's episode was recorded live in front of an audience at Kajabi Hero Live in Austin, Texas. So there's going to be a little bit more background noise than you're used to in a typical podcast. But since so many of you couldn't be there in person, we wanted to ensure that you got a taste of some of the amazing content shared during the event. With that said, let's get to our conversation with Graham Cochran, YouTuber, podcaster, business coach, and author of the book, How to Get Paid for What You Know. Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Online Business Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone, and welcome to the Online Business Edge podcast. I am your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience at Kajabi. And today I'm joined by the one and only Graham Cochran, who I, I think needs no introduction to anyone who's even remotely familiar with Kajabi. Um, but how's it going today, Graham? I guess give us your 15-second-ish elevator pitch for anyone who by chance doesn't know who you are already. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm the author of How to Get Paid for What You Know. I'm a podcaster, YouTuber, and uh, I help people start and grow online businesses. It's a lot of fun. Yes, yes. So uh, for any of our listeners, I know you are have a big presence on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's actually just... Let's, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, take us to step one on this journey. How you got started? Did you do anything before this, or were you just always an entrepreneur? No, I was. I was never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was. I didn't know anything about it. I was scared to death by it. Um, but I lost two jobs during the Great Recession, two thousand nine, and I I needed to make money. I didn't want to go back to a corporate job. I had a freelance skill of music production. I, I knew how to make records for bands, and so what I thought I might do is become a, like a full-time freelancer. And so I started blogging and making some YouTube videos in 2009, 2010 for musicians that I would hope that they would see me, see what I'm doing with what few clients I had. And then it'd be like just some kind of social proof. Then they might email me and hire me to do some work. So that's what I thought I was going to do while I was unemployed. It's just like making content that would hopefully drive leads and then what ended up happening is people liked the content itself. Like they liked the videos or like they liked the way I explained it. And I, I didn't think of myself as an educator. I was just trying to show that I knew a little bit of what I was talking about to do DIY, do it or do, do, do it for you. I didn't want to teach people how to DIY it. Yeah. But they kept saying, can you do another video or can you write another article on this? Or what would you do? They kept having all these great questions. And it was fun to make content, but I was like, um, how do I monetize this? I can't keep making content for free forever. I have a mortgage and a baby and a wife. So that's what caused me to try to, how could I figure out a way to make money off of this? I love it. And I, I, I want to drill into that, but I also realized too, I didn't set the context. We are actually recording here at Kajabi Hero Live. Yeah. 
uh, in front of a live studio audience. Um, so if you're listening online, if you're listening to a feed later on, you're going to hear a lot of background noise. That is the warmth of the crowd around us. It's real. Which is really cool. You're actually here speaking as well um, and sharing. You did a session with us yesterday. Yeah, with a VIP session. It was yes. fun. Yes, I heard lots of good things. Uh, but let's let's go back and get into, uh, I guess, more of that story. Um, I'm really interested, like, what was the path from content creation to monetization? How did you actually begin to start collecting money from what you were putting out there? Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of creators, even today, I, ha- I had a very limited view of how you could make money as a content creator. I just thought, you know, if I built an audience uh, on my blog or um, YouTube, that the only way I could make money was through advertisements. So either uh, I could run, you know, AdSense, like Google ads on my website, or I, I reach out to brands. I did like many brand deals back then. I was teaching music production or recording. So like we're using certain microphone brands like Shure and, and Rode. I would reach out to those brands and say, look, I've got an audience of a thousand people, let's say, and they're musicians who want to buy products like yours. Do you want to put a, a banner ad on my blog? It was like very 2009-ish. Um, and so I would come up with prices and just making it up. And I made some money that way, but it just seemed like it was going to be exhausting to try to make any real money. So that was how it started was sponsorships and brand deals. And it wasn't much. Um, and, and then the thought hit me, well, people love my videos. They love when I teach and YouTube at the time was capping my videos to 15 minute videos. And I was like, I really wanted to teach this big piece of software called Pro Tools. We use it. It's like the Photoshop in the music world. I was like, I can't teach that in a bunch of 15 minute videos. I need like three to four to six hours to really explain the UI and teach them how to like, we could record a song, like make it not scary for them. And I was like, that's going to take hours. I should probably get paid for that. Like, is there a way I could film it? And I didn't know Kajabi didn't exist at the time. I like zipped it up in a zip folder and like, can I sell it? Like, is there value there? I didn't know about online courses. I didn't know that's what I was basically building. But I was like, is there value in a longer, more in-depth, like, soup to nuts, end to end, like how to get this transformation or figure this thing out. And that was my first foray into selling information was my first course. It was like $45. I just made up a price and a, a couple of people bought it. They sent me money on PayPal and they got a digital thing. And I said, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is the future. Like I could do more of this. And that's, I was off to the races. There's nothing more motivating than getting that first dollar oh, uh, in the bank. I screen grabbed that PayPal receipt. <laughs> His name's Paul. I've never met him. I don't know where he lives, but he gave me my first 45 bucks online. I love it. Hopefully Paul's listening to this or I'm sure he's heard you someplace. Hopefully, again. yeah. Uh, um, so uh, just to paint the picture at that time, uh, your, your course, did you, what did you even put it on? Did you put it on a landing page? Or- Bro, it was literally, I had an iWeb website on the <laughs> Mac and I had a baby email list. I probably was using MailChimp at the time because it was free. Yep. And I emailed out the couple hundred people I had uh, and it sent them to this iWeb page, which had a PayPal button. And if they bought the $45 PayPal offer, supposedly PayPal was supposed to then redirect them to a zip file that I'd uploaded to my GoDaddy hosted server. And it would so sort of auto download. And a lot of times it wouldn't even work and I'd have to just resend them the link. But in theory, they just got a zip folder with all the videos in it. Um, that, that was it. There was no experience. It, it wasn't embedded on the website. It was just, you got the videos, which was really cumbersome. <laughs> not a great, but it, it was my, you know, I was not a tech person, but I just wanted to prove concept. Would somebody buy it? Could they get it? And once it worked, then it was like, how can we figure out a better way to do this? 
And I think that's so crucial now to like, as great as the tools are that Kajabi offers, like you don't necessarily need to have an expensive product suite to get oh, started. Gosh. No, like I spent $50. That's how I started my first business, which became a million dollar business, $50. And it was like cheap web hosting, a cheap, you know, uh, domain name. And that was most of it. And I use free versions of tools, but like you can start with 50 bucks if you need to, to get started. And Kajabi can do so much more than I was paying thousands of dollars in the end for all these different tools. And that's one of the reasons why I love Kajabi is you can put it all into one, but it don't money is not the excuse anymore to get started. There's so low friction. You can start for free if you really needed to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even as simple as a social media account these days yeah. could get you 99% of the way to getting the ball. Absolutely. Rolling. You could start one-on-one -on -one coaching for you. You could jump on a zoom call, collect payment, like, just get started. Exactly. Exactly. Well, take us more through the journey of, you know, you got your first couple $45 offers. When did you realize that you maybe had some traction? Like, when did you realize that hey, this is actually a business? Yeah. I mean, the good news for me was my my goals were small. I was broke. We were on food stamps uh, and we, we just needed to survive. So I, I wasn't trying to make lots of money. So I had like low expectations. Like, could I make $2,000 a month was the number for me. I had the freelance side and I was trying to get that to around 2000 a month consistently. But I was like, on the digital product side, could I make 2000 a month? That would be a, a dream. So for me, it was just like slowly creeping up to that. That took me about maybe a year, um, which sounds pretty sad, but it took me two full years to get to um, $60,000 a year. Like, I, I know it really was in the last couple months of year two. It, it, building a business, I, especially online, and I try to encourage people, it's not linear, it's exponential, which means if you feel like it's slow at first, that's not the pace it's going to continue at. Sure. There's going to be a turning point where it, it just spikes up for you in a way that's noticeable and it's like exponential for you. And for me, that was, I found with most of my students too, 18 months to 24 months is usually you start to notice some momentum spike. If you're consistently posting content for free and, and making offers to what even as a small audience. So for me, it was the 18 to 24 month mark. Uh, and then I made $60,000 that year. And to me, I was, I was set. I was done. I was able to take care of my family. We didn't have a lot of bills. But I could stay from stay at home. I could talk about music, which is what I loved, and I didn't have to go to an office anymore. And I, I thought I had won the game, you know. And I had no idea what else was possible. But sometimes it's just getting to that, like replacing your baseline income and showing to yourself that you can be an entrepreneur and you can do this. Yeah, I think these are some of my favorite stories. Like when it, like the two year target is something that seems like so achievable or so so like in touch. Like I feel like I can feel like I can reach that. Yeah, um, and. I think the reality of it is, is that the vast majority of stories are not going to be any overnight successes. Rarely do you end up making seven figures in your first year. We hear those stories. Um, but you talked about an inflection point. And I'm curious, like either through your journey or through the journeys of your students, uh, have you noticed any trend lines? Is there any action that one can take? Uh, or is there anything that like might trigger that inflection point for someone who's on the journey themselves. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it you can't control. So some of it is like, I, I really believe I talked about this in my VIP session yesterday. I think um, the key to winning the game of business is to stay in the game long enough to win. So it's just it's not giving up and, and, and consistently posting good content week in and week out on your, I like YouTube. I think it's the most powerful platform for discoverability and then get them into your ecosystem. But there are some things that you can control. So some of the shortcut buttons are collaborations. 
So I, I don't believe in competitors. I believe in collaborators. So look at the people even in your space that are doing exactly what you're doing, that maybe they're doing it at a bigger scale or you're, you know, you're intimidated or comparing yourself. Is there a way you could maybe turn them into a collaborator instead of fearing them or, or like hating them or whatever? Could you embrace them? Could they become a collaborator? Could you do content together? Is there something that you could bring to them, even if they're bigger, that could be valuable to them? Could you do some work for them for free? Is there a piece of content that they don't cover because it's, but you could teach it, even though you have a small audience, offer to create that content for their audience. And like, I could write the blog post for you. I could do a video for you. And you can own the content. Just link back to my site or mention me or send it out to your email list and link back. Or could we do a video together or... If you have a small platform, even you could offer them your platform, even if it's small, because they might be looking to grow a new audience. Say, would you want to come on my podcast? I love, I love what you do. I'd love to talk and promote your book or promote your course. Or collaborations are a fast way to hijack, which is maybe an aggressive word, but hijack someone else's audience. Get in front of someone else's audience. These are they've already done the work of building it in a weird sort of meta way. I've done this as a, a, a Kajabi partner, as an affiliate. Um, I, I didn't think it was going to happen this way, but I started making videos about Kajabi to try to teach Kajabi and maybe make some affiliate commissions on the back end. I have now built even a bigger audience who found out about me because they weren't searching for me. They were searching for Kajabi, yep. but because I was making videos that make you guys look good, they found me in the process. And so you already have a brand and you already have an audience. And I kind of hijacked the Kajabi audience. To, like, oh, well, look out what else Graham's doing. So you grow faster when you look at ways you could collaborate with other people. So that's number one is collaboration. And then the number two thing that you actually can control is just because you're making content, and even if it's good, doesn't mean it's the right content for your ideal customer. So always refining. I don't want to just grow a big audience. I want to grow the right audience, even if it's smaller. So using language that really alienates people that aren't your ideal customer, but really draws in people who are your customer. And that just takes refining and working because you don't land that avatar on day one. And I never did. I was figuring out from the way they interact and the comments like, who do I really connect with and who can I, how can I use their language in my marketing materials to get more of those types of people? Yes. I I think that collaboration, that's such a brilliant tip because it's applicable no matter where you're at. Like I imagine even today, there's probably continues to be collaboration opportunities for you to continue to leverage. That's one reason why I'm here at at Kajabi Hero Live is to meet other people who are at different levels. Can we collaborate? You know, like I need to still grow and I want to tap into their audience and maybe they want to tap into my audience. So collaboration never stops but also you can get friends out of it too like you don't have to do this alone like i've had people that were competitors became collaborators then became business partners then became lifelong friends and that's a win-win-win all around especially in this world too where you know i think the entrepreneurial journey is a bit of a lonely journey for most of us and like i know personally uh, just doing this podcast actually i have learned so much about my own entrepreneurial journey by listening to other entrepreneurs. I thought I was like a snowflake. I thought I was the only one who experienced the things that I experienced. I'm not, I'm not. None of us are special. (laughs) No. No, but you're not alone. You're right. Yes. And I think that's something so powerful about what you're saying in terms of the tip, collaborating or even just like with Kajabi in particular, the community here is such a powerful asset because you're around others who are on that same journey and I think that's so crucial for anyone listening is like, if nothing else, in addition to collaborating, finding that community, finding someone who's going to support you on this journey is so huge. Um, but this is about you. I'm, I'm, I don't need to preach. No, this is great. Um, <laughs> um, let's talk more about, uh, you know, you hit the $60,000, you, you, you know, you, for all intents and purposes, you achieved what you set out to. 
Um, take us through the next phase of scale. Like, what did it take to go from sixty to you mentioned it's a million dollar business? Like, yeah. Like, how how did that happen? So I'm a big fan of organic content. So I make a lot of like free stuff on YouTube, for example. One reason I like that is a it's free. You don't have to run ads, but b it stacks. And so momentum builds quickly because let's say YouTube is a giant search engine. So people are searching and the more they're liking your videos, the more YouTube is going to serve up your videos to more people. So the year I hit $60,000, let's say it was December, uh, it was 2011. I hit 60,000. A month later, 30 days later, January of 2012, I did 10K that month and then 10K every month after that. So I functionally doubled from a $60,000 year business to $120,000 year business within 30 days, I didn't do anything new. And it was because it was just a moment in time where after two years of faithfully publishing content, it just started to pick up and I just got, my videos got shown to more people and the system, the Kajabi system basically was already in place, like email leads and then an automated funnel that sells the course, like you can build this all in Kajabi. If your system is built, then once the momentum hits, it just feeds more leads into that system. So then all of a sudden you sell more without doing any more work. So I actually scaled the six figures without any more work and then multi six figures from just making more creative offers. You, know, you, you get customers in, you start to ask them, how did this help you? What other questions do you have? What else do you need? What are, what are you trying to accomplish? What else can I basically offer you is what you're, you're doing research. But if you make offers to your customers, they'll buy it. Like the data has shown that I think your current customers are are 16 times more likely to spend money with you than a non-customer. And it's easier to get current customers to buy than non-customers. So not that you shouldn't go after new people, but once you've got a product and it's selling, ask those customers what they need more help with. And what's great about Kajabi, for example, is it's not just more courses or more content. It can be the different ways of engaging with that. So you can have the same framework that you teach, for example, in a course but you could teach it in a community where there's live coaching and now you can dive deep and then they can talk about it with each other. You could teach it in a mastermind or a group coaching setting where it's like, hey, only 12 people or 20 people can come to this. It costs more, but you're gonna be able to interact with me closely and I can personally teach you through this framework. You could teach it one-on-one. You could do that with Kajabi too, where it's they charge you charge even more. It's the same framework. So it can be the same material, but the proximity and the vehicle with which they learn it is different and you can sell it at different price points. And so that's when you get creative. That's how you really stack and scale from six figures to seven figures, I think is not just lead gen and and having a bigger audience, but really a a product suite that's scale so people can come on the journey with you from a course that's low cost, maybe all the way up to an in-person retreat or a weekend where they pay thousands of dollars, you rent out a nice house and have an incredible experience with them and work with them in person. That's like the ultimate. And it's, it's that spreading it all out over time that you're going to make a lot more money. Not everyone buys all the products, but if you look zoomed out, you're like, oh, wow, that's a million dollar business. But if you dissected a million dollar year business, it's probably eight to 10 different offers. 80% of the people are buying the low cost thing. And then 20% are, are spending a lot more on these other things. It's not even, but it all adds up. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I want to I want to kind of reemphasize where you started there too, uh, because you know through this journey we have almost a hundred episodes. The two most consistent factors that I hear from anyone who's been successful uh, has been number one, start obviously. Yes. You got to take that first. Please lead. just start. Go ugly early. Yes. Just go. Do it. And number two, it's persistence. Yeah. It's just sticking with it. And like again, that's why I love these stories to where it's 18, 24 months to even hit like. I mean, I know $60,000 is a lot of money, but like still in the grand scheme of things, like 
it maybe isn't a number that sells you on entrepreneurship. Not very sexy number, no. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just want to, I think it's so important for all of our listeners, especially those of you who are listening uh, online uh, through Spotify, through Apple Podcasts, like an achievable target can take some time. And that persistence is one of the key differentiators uh, in this entrepreneurial journey. So I'd love to actually use that to segue uh Maybe this leads us into where I also want to know like how the book came into the picture. But one of the other things I've noticed in entrepreneurship is with every stage, with every success bar that you hit comes a new series of challenges um, and something new for you to solve. Um, I guess I don't want to tell the story for you, but like, I guess tell me like, what are some of the new challenges that you faced once you hit that first goal? Um, and I guess making your way towards hitting that next level, like what 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 do you run into? Yeah, so I've, my journey's been like let's call it three phases. Phase one was, you know, persistence. Like I just have to find a way to make a living. Like we were broke, we were on food stamps, and I just had to find a way. And I was I wasn't going to quit. And so it wasn't perfect. And it, I wasn't trying to make a lot of money, but it's just like you're just trying to find what works. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have some motivating factor. It has to be a strong motivation. But once you get it working, then you move into kind of phase two where if you've built your business right, where you've got content that you're building that's searchable and you've got a system in the back end. And this is what I love about Kajabi is it makes that whole system. I, I had to duct tape a lot of products together back in 2009, 2010. It was, it was a nightmare. But if you have that in place, once you've got to some like low level, I can kind of pay my bills. The next phase is actually a lot of fun. And I would say for me, that phase of hitting six figures, maybe $250,000 a year was some of the most fun I ever had. It was actually easier because the, the thing kind of lifted itself. And it was like, I, w- I went out and bought a minivan because I had money. And like I was like, wow, this is amazing. Then it entered to say, phase three, which was, man, scaling from a couple hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars a year I, I got like up to four or five hundred thousand, then a plateau, and I could. There was certain, I was realizing I was hitting levels of, of ceilings, and sometimes there's ceilings of my products. Sometimes there's ceilings of my mindset. Like I, I just don't know how to think differently than I think. Sometimes it's it's a ceiling of help. Like I can't keep doing it all on my own, and I was afraid to hire people. Like I didn't ever want to have a team. That was never like it's a new stage of business. So that was a painful stage where you have to go back to the, the the beginner's mindset again of like, okay, what do I not know? I don't know how to have a team. I don't know how to make more creative offers. I don't know how to think about scaling. And the, what I did to get me to two hundred or $400,000 a year, which is amazing, by the way. Like if you've made that, like you could stop and just be, you're in the top 1%. But if, if you're if you have bigger dreams than that, and you're frustrated why you're not getting, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just it's, you have to learn new skills. And I had to read different books, hire different coaches, go to different events, ask different questions, um, and I had I felt awkward again, like the beginner again. So it was almost like a mirror of when I was starting my business. Only there's less financial pressure, but it was still how do I do this next thing? And so I think. I think if you can learn from everybody and always have a learner's mindset, that's what's going to help you because you're going to realize you get successful, but then now you have just another set of problems. They say new levels, new devils. It's real. Like I, I when I hit a million dollars a year, I was like, how do you hit two? You know? <laughs> and then I, I also, I wanted to pivot. I was teaching music production and recording for seven years and it was so successful and I was loving it. And I was a big, I was a, a big fish in a little pond had the biggest YouTube channel in the space. It was comfortable. It was easy. And I was getting bored and that scared me. And I was like, I don't, what does that mean for me? And so pivoting even into teaching business, which is a much bigger, you know, pond, I'm a tinier fish, new challenges. 
Uh, it was scary, but I, I knew I needed to do it because it was where my heart was. And so then I was almost starting all over again. It was the same journey again of phase one, phase two, phase three, but it just never ends. And so I guess it was like maybe a myth. I thought I'll arrive and then it'll be easy. It could stay easy, but then I think you'll die out because we're, I think we're as humans, we love to grow. We need to be challenged uh, and be creative. So it's just all, always ongoing, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. I think entrepreneurship is like, it's the swimmer's mentality. You're competing against yourself, yeah. competing against yourself. Um, can you take us through, like, I know you mentioned the book earlier. Yeah. Like, is this kind of the inflection point where that came in or what was the inspiration behind writing the book? So I'm in another another journey of pivoting and evolving. So I always wanted to write a book only because books have changed my life. Learning's changed my life. But you look at a book, you can hold it, you can take it. There's a reason why books haven't gone out of style even today in this digital world. People still like physical books. And I thought I would love to one day write a book, contribute to the great library of the, of the world that's meaningful to someone else. Like these books on my shelf are meaningful to me. And so I think it was 2020, it was the pandemic. And I was like, well, I keep saying I want to write a book, you know, it's like everyone like finally did something they said they were going to do. And so I was like, how do I write a book? And, and I knew I wanted to work with a traditional publisher because everything I do is self-published online, digital. No, there's no gatekeepers. There's no one telling me if it's good or bad. And I was like, I need to do this reverse for the book. So, um, I, I got coached on it. I got a friend who's helped, helped me figure it out. I got an agent, got a book deal, wrote the book, um, came out in 2022 called how to get paid for what you know. It's a giant sales pitch for Kajabi. Uh, cause I was like, just use Kajabi. Like it makes you, but it's the six step process from how do you go from zero idea? Like, I don't even know what my idea would be to launching and automating your business. Um, and, so, and that's what I teach and coach people how to do. And so I, I feel like I've been able to distill it down into six steps and, and make it manageable for people. Um, and so that was, I wanted to take my brain and put it into a book that was deep enough. Like it, it's going to teach you sales copy. It's going to teach you product validation. It's going to teach you launching but not be like a textbook, like be like light and, and like readable. And I like books that teach you the thing, but also make you feel like I can do this, you know, like, because to your point, information that doesn't transform people, people have to then take action. So if it's too heavy or too overwhelming, I know what they're going to do. They're going to close the book and say, that was great. And then they're going to go about their life. So I wanted people to take action. So that was the first step of, of living a dream. But really, it's also the first step of me evolving into what I really want to do is more writing and speaking. Uh, is I miss the physical interaction with people. I, I grew up as a musician. I used to be on stages, wanted to be a rock star. And so I get to teach all, all over the world vi virtually, but it's not the same as being like, we're here in the room right now. Good job, you're here alive. It's not the same when you're here. This is powerful. So for me, writing and speaking, it's like a big step to the first book, which is the first book to get it out there. And book number two, I'm writing it right now. Um, speaking, I was here at the VIP stage yesterday. So like, that's more of what I want to do is I love the digital that's humming and that's running, but I want to get back into a physical world, which sounds like backwards. People try to go from physical to digital. <laughs> I want to go from digital to physical and, uh, and just expand what I do. I love it. I love it. Um, well, uh, take us through, I guess, uh, you, did you find Kajabi? You didn't find it for first. You mentioned piecing together a bunch of tools. How did you encounter it in the first place? Yeah, it was 2013. And I, I wanted to stop selling my courses with these dumb zip files. And I was like, there's got to be some platform online where I could post the video files, but not have to build it myself. And I was I was asking other entrepreneurs that did digital stuff. I was like, do you know, I was just trying to describe basically what Kajabi does. I didn't know it existed. Like, oh, yeah, you should check out Kajabi. You know, guys like Brendan Burchard are on it. I'm like, what's I didn't even know how to, I wrote it down wrong. I didn't know how to spell Kajabi. 
And, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is meant for people like me. And there was, and, and I didn't know this was even a community of people selling courses. Like I was so siloed and in the dark. And so it was like my first entry into all oh, those other people like me, different niches, like fitness, business. I was in the music space, but 2013, I signed up for Kajabi just to host a course. And then 2015 was when they launched the founders uh, package for like, Hey, Kajabi is going to be this new thing all in one. It's going to be your website. And, and everyone's copied, copycatted it now, but Kajabi pioneered this sort of all in one solution that back in 2015, which was like so innovative. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And so since 2015, I've been able to slowly shed my email host marketing, my web hosting, my WordPress site, my lead pages, my webinar platforms, all of that as Kajabi's expanded. I've just, it just made my life easier. So yeah, it's been 10 years now I've been on the platform. I love it. And I think, I don't know if this, if you're either, this is either going to resonate or not for any of our listeners, but anyone who's had to update WordPress like that oh in and of itself is like such a key value proposition. Because- Can we just say like, if you're starting an online business right now and you, and, and I'm going to call you out, if you're complaining that it's hard, you have no idea how hard it was. So let's <laughs> it's, you're in such a great time. This is the best time to start an online business because tools like Kajabi have made it so easy to house your entire brain into one platform. And you don't have to use all of Kajabi right away. So don't get overwhelmed by what Kajabi can do, but just start with it. It's so easy. One click and you can have your business up and running. It's insane. Yeah, and like you were saying earlier too, like, I mean, even apps and of Kajabi, all of the tools that exist right now, like to get the ball rolling, like you can do it for nothing. It's it's crazy. I, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. I'm putting you on the spot the entire time, Go for but it. like not not in my initial plans. But I just want to know, like, like for everyone listening here, like, what's your one tip to like actually get the ball rolling? Some action someone could take right now if they were listening to this. Yeah, I mean, I would say like sign up for Kajabi. <laughs> like literally sign up for their free trial and and make a game. If like within the free trial how can I make enough money to pay for one month of Kajabi? So, so pick a plan. Let's say it's like a $150 a month plan or whatever. How can I make $150 while I'm on the free trial? And the easiest way to do that, in my opinion, is to leverage your existing network on social or even friends and offer one-on-one coaching. And offer like, like a couple of free calls and find out what they need help with, whatever your area of expertise is. And like coach them for free on a call or blow their minds. And then say, would you like to continue to work together? $150 package. I'll do three calls. Like just whatever the price is you need to pay for month at Kajabi, do it while you are on the free trial at Kajabi to pay for month one at Kajabi and then pay for three months at Kajabi and then pay for a year at Kajabi. Think of it in terms of that. That way you're coaching, which you don't have to have anything built. You don't even have to have a course built in Kajabi, can pay for the tool. So then now you have a year worth of time to start building your first course, building your first community. Don't Don't put it off create that pressure to make whatever first month is and it's these small little bite-sized amounts and then you'll just get off to the races and then i like to see creators do this where they're like i want my kajabi business to pay for my car payment or pay for my rent or like pay for my grocery bill or whatever it is and start growing from there but you have to just start you're never going to be ready to start and someone else in your space is starting today if you're not going to in 12 months from now they're going to be making a lot of money and you won't be if you don't start so why not you why not you? I was not an expert on anything. I was just a guy willing to share what I knew about what I knew to people that wanted to know what I knew. If that makes any sense. Like I wasn't 
I could only help people that were a little bit further behind in the journey than I was. And that's all I've ever done for the last 14 years. Yeah. Any, uh, just carrying on with this, any tips on actually finding your niche? Like, how do you know? I, I, I personally, I go through this too. I'm like, what do I even talk about? <laughs> you know, yeah. I love asking the questions. Yeah, no, this is a great question. So I talk about this in, in my book in chapter three. Like you got to, this is where you start is like, and you have to start selfishly. So I would say, get out a piece of paper and write down all the things that you love to do, love to talk about, things that are exciting. Like for me, my list would include like eating pizza, watching football, playing video games, Star Wars, like, you know, personal finance. I dork out over this. These are all things that are interesting to me. Start selfish. What fuels you up? What you like to do? And then write, what, what have you done before? What have you helped people with? What do your friends text you for questions about? Like, yo, you're the guy that I ask about like camera equipment or like, how to like date my spouse. Maybe they think you're really good like relationally. What are people already asking you for help on? That might be a clue. It may not be what you want to talk about, but you, you're going to find an intersection between what you like, what you've helped people with in the past. And then if you start to dig into like what are books being published on, what are YouTube channels that are successful on already, what's already got products in the marketplace that you know this is a marketable subject or area of expertise. And then you just find that intersection and you test out what's one area that I know something about, that I like talking about, it's got a market for it, then you know it's worth spending your time on because you're going to be fueled up by it and there's money to be made. Yes. And, and I will say on that note, the more crowded the niche, the better. I have a lot of friends that are like, oh, but that's, a, that's already been done before. That No, that just means that it's a proven marketable area, which means you're not going to waste your time. You're going to make money. If it's unproven, it's like a weird micro niche that no one's ever done. It could be great for you or it could be awful for you. You don't know because there's no one making money in it yet. So that's a big risk. Are you willing to take the risk? I think saturated niches are great. There's room for everybody at the table. Yeah. And it goes back to your earlier point on finding like places to collaborate, people to collaborate with. Yes. Like you can't do that in a, you know, a lonely niche. <laughs> if you're the only person in it, yeah, then you're the only one who's built an audience and it's going to grow slow. Yes. Well, tell us, I, I feel like the, your story is like, it's so, so straightforward in a way, but like what, a, for me to ask this question at least, but like what has changed for you as a result of going on this entrepreneurial journey? Oh, dude, my whole life. I mean, I, I get to uh, take my kids to school every morning, pick them up from school. I take Fridays off every Friday with my wife, date day. I'm home every night, every weekend. I could shut off work for a month and just travel with my family and I still get money in my bank account. Um, I get to... What I love, I get to show up fully as who I am. I've worked for companies where I, I didn't believe in the mission. I didn't want to be there. And I felt like something was wrong with me. This journey has allowed me to be just Graham and curate the content and the community and the kind of customers and the type of work week I want to have that fits my life and it doesn't have to look like anybody else's and it still works. So I, to me, life is meant to be lived and work is meant to be like a, a thing that you truly enjoy and you create and you feel like you're contributing to society and Kajabi and online business and entrepreneurship has allowed all of that to fuse together in a way that I'm like, this is who I am. This is what I'm made to do. And that can even change as your season of life changes, as your interests change. I've pivoted three or four times and it's allowed me to do all of that. So yes, that's, that's what it's allowed me to be. Amazing. Well, uh, Graham, what's the best way for people to find you? I know I, I could just search Kajabi on YouTube sure. and you're going to show up. You'll find me there. Yeah, outrank yeah. us. But <laughs> where would you like to send our listeners? Yeah, I, would, I mean, go to GrahamCochran.com if you want to check out all kinds of content there. Um, I post YouTube videos every week um, and the Graham Cochran Show podcast. But if you like to interact, Instagram probably the only place I'll do a little bit of that at the Graham Cochran. And uh, just come say hi. 
I love it. Well, we'll of course have all that for you in the show notes. And I know you mentioned you're a podcaster as well. Yeah. So uh, anytime I have a podcaster on the podcast, rather than my usual call to action of asking people to leave us a review, I say go check out Graham's oh, podcast. Man, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Leave Graham a review. Uh, let him know how his content is resonating with you. It means the world to us podcasters who are normally, Absolutely. you know, it's pretty lonely when we're recording. We normally don't have the pleasure of Doing bunch it, of people. Yes, hundreds of people walking by. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> so uh, leave Graham a review. Check him out. Um, all you need to do is search Kajabi on YouTube and you'll find him. He outranks us. So <laughs> It's one of my, my, my happy passions that I because you to do that. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Graham, for taking the time out of your day. Thanks, both Jared. to share with us on the podcast as well as all of the sessions. Really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks out. for having me. This is awesome. Awesome. Well, that's all we have for you this week. We'll look forward to chatting with you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. Thank you.